I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. I'm all about improvement, especially with this young nucleus of Steelers that we have in front of us as fans and as people that cover the team. I didn't want to see necessarily, you know, 12 and 5 and in the playoffs. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, I would have loved to see that, but I wanted to see young guys get better. And for the most part, I think we had a lot of that on this 2022 mm-hmm. Steelers team is young guys stepping in and getting better. Now, there are guys that we're going to talk about in this episode that are incredibly important, their development. They need to get better. They have to improve every single week as a young player for this team to become a championship contender. And then there's other guys that you didn't really expect much of, but every time you saw them, you couldn't help but walk away feeling more and more impressed with them. So we're going to talk about all the guys that I think – that we showed think. pretty good improvement. No, this is all me. Oh, okay. Which, did you improve at all this year? That's the big question. Did we improve as we? a show this we? year? I was talking about you. Did How dare I you improve as a co-host slash producer? No. <laughs> okay. But with a like every the big narrative after this season, Jacob has been, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but it's been like Armageddon on Twitter with people fighting on both sides. Whether the Steelers nine and eight season was a success. Or whether it wasn't. Was it a great coaching job by Mike Tomlin? Or was it not? And there's just these two sides on both ends of the spectrum just lobbing grenades back and forth at each other. Each and the other middle ground the middle. is the middle. Yeah. The middle ground is what happened. Like it was a success in terms of players improved right. and there's a nice young nucleus moving forward. And you have a lot of optimism, which you laid out this is the first time after a Steelers season that the optimism mm-hmm. for the next year has been sky high. It's been sky high, and I think for the first time in all those seasons that we laid out in a couple of episodes ago, that it's actually warranted, right? A couple of years ago, we were saying, oh, well, the Steelers went out and they drafted Kendrick Green, and they have Kevin Dotson as a guard as well, and they went out and they signed Trey Turner. Trey Turner, excuse me. Oh, my gosh, this offensive line could really come together, and then it poops the bed. And there were just so many examples of that where you were optimistic – without any real basis or any real solid ground to back that optimism up. But as a result of this season, I do think the optimism is fair. 
Absolutely, it's fair. But then on the other side of sure. things, too, you like to like when I'm a, I'm a fan, so I know you know I go through the schedule, and it's like, oh well, Pitt basketball is going to Duke. They're going to lose to Duke. You work mm-hmm. that into the schedule. You know, it's the same thing with the Steelers team. We didn't think they'd be that great. Nine and eight actually seems like maybe one more win than I thought. I think I gave them eight and nine when I did the prediction at the beginning. I think of the you year. went seven and ten actually. So there you go, two better than yeah. I did. So they they overachieved as far as my expectations mm-hmm. were concerned. But it's not played on paper. It's not well. They go to Miami. They're going to lose that game to Miami. When you're in the moment, you can see the Steelers should have won at least three, at least two of those three games against New England, Miami, and New York. So that's where I think it's hard to label it a complete success. Yeah, if you get back in the time machine and it's September 1st and we're prognosticating the entire season, they go 9-8 and eight and just barely miss out on the playoffs. I think we're thinking, oh, you know, maybe a little bit better than we expected them to do. But the path that they took to get there mm-hmm. can't help but make you feel like this team could have achieved more. So that's why I think it's hard for you to – you know, be all the way on the one end of the spectrum where it's like, this is a rousing success. Nothing went wrong. The team got better. There's so much promise for the future. Tomlin's the greatest coach of all time. Like, you don't have to go that far in that direction because there was still some bad, mostly in the first half of the season, but there still was some bad. Yeah, so it's all relative, right? Like, which which details of the season are you going to cherry pick? Are you going to cherry pick that you lost to Zach Wilson, that you lost to the Browns, that you lost to Mac Jones and the Patriots because Gunnar Olszewski fumbled? Or are you going to cherry pick the good and say, wow, can he pick it through one interception from the bye week on? Wow, Najee Harris eclipsed 1,000 yards when he was averaging less than four yards per carry. Uh, it, it's... It's a losing battle when you're trying to have a fair argument about how do you judge the season. And here's the thing, Tom. There's no argument whatsoever if they win one of those games, Cleveland, my, or Cleveland, New England, and New York, and they make the playoffs, and they get to the playoffs, and sure, they face up against Buffalo. I don't know how differently that game goes yesterday because – People were saying, oh, well, look how many points Miami put up against Buffalo with a third-string quarterback. Pittsburgh should have been able to do that. But a lot of those points for Miami came because of Buffalo errors. I don't know if Buffalo's making the same mistakes when it's a different opponent. I have no idea. But if you make it to the playoffs after a 2-6 and six start, 3-7 and seven start, 1-4 and four start, then I don't think there's really people out there saying, oh, well, you can't call it a success. I understand if you lose another playoff game, then people will say, well, it's still six years in a row that you haven't won a game. But if you make it to the playoffs on the first year playing with Kenny Pickett, then I think it's a lot harder to say in a, in like a, in a very tight window of looking at that season to, to call it a failure. You mentioned one of the guys that improved a lot in my mind that we're going to talk about, but I got two guys on the offensive side of the ball, two guys on the defensive side of the ball, and then I got a couple dark horses, one from each side, as far as, you know, most improved players, players that showed you the most, players that you're up, maybe it's not the players that I'm pretty with, players that I'm most optimistic for, their growth moving forward. And how could you start with anybody else but number eight? Yeah, I mean, it's got, he is, he, well, and I think he's the one that showed the most tangible improvement, too. Yes, people like to say, he only threw seven touchdown passes all year long. Where's the touchdown passes? 
he did not improve in that category. But the category that he did undoubtedly improve in was cutting down on the turnovers. You go from eight interceptions in your first foray as a starter in the NFL, bye week hits, and you throw one interception for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, that one against the Raiders, which was a bad interception, but it's the only one he had in that stretch of nine games down the after the bye week. So I, I can't feel any more optimism for Kenny in the aspect of he's not going to be a I'm going to turn the ball over a lot quarterback you're going to have to win despite me kind of guy we don't know yet if we're going to win because of him but I think it's very safe to say now that we know he won't lose you many games he will protect the football and he'll make smart decisions with it and seeing him adapt to that so fast to get the turnovers out of his system see him mm -hmm. adjust to that learning curve so fast is so encouraging because quarterbacks have to adapt evolve adjust on the fly mm -hmm. and for him to do that in the middle of his first season and do it to the tune of only throwing one interception over those nine games well eight eight seven and a half games for him because of the injury and then mitch starting against the panthers but that's a phenomenal turnaround and to see a rookie quarterback have the poise to do that and to correct a mistake that's not as easily correctable as you think, just not turning the ball over, uh, it's it's very encouraging. And he's at the top of my list for improved players, players that I'm optimistic about. It's It was a, he's delight. Number one it was on, a delight, delight to see him every single week get better. On all your lists, he's number one. Uh, guys that improve the most, guys that you have the most optimism about, guys that you're most excited to see next year build on that improvement right i mean and not just build on anything just watch him play i mean the circumstances are, are plain and simple you had a hall of famer on your roster for 18 years and as soon as that guy retired you replaced him with a rookie pick or with a rookie via a first round draft pick the stakes were high the expectations were high because of the first round uh capital that you gave up to get him or that used to get him and no matter what he did Tom whether it was great average or below average and poor the spotlight was going to shine brightest on Kenny Pickett no matter what and you're excited I think it's not hard to say that the general optimism surrounding the team as a whole starts because of Kenny Pickett like, if Kenny Pickett had a mediocre season, below average, say he was throwing the same amount of picks and making the same mistakes that he made in the first half and, and copied it and did that in the second half, we'd probably be sitting here saying, yeah, I don't know how 2023 is going to go. It's probably not going to go that great if Kenny Pickett really Can't stop throwing interceptions. Can't stop throwing interceptions. Kenny Pickoff starts to become the nickname very easily. It's very easy transition there. He's not finding open guys. Like the Deontay Johnson narrative becomes, oh, wow, I can't believe Deontay went all year without a touchdown. Because of Kenny Pickett. But it's because of Kenny Pickett, right. And then you, you assume because you went with Kenny Pickett for the whole season that Mitch Trubisky probably isn't happy, doesn't want to come back. Mason Rudolph is probably looking for a new home for the first time of his in his career. So... You have no idea what you're going to do with quarterback next year if you start off in 2023 and Kenny continues to make those mistakes that he made in this hypothetical rookie season of his. So, absolutely, it's every every conversation about the 2023 season for the Pittsburgh Steelers starts with Kenny Pickett, but for good reason. And I think the most encouraging sign is the game-winning drives, the back-to-back -back Raiders game, the Ravens right. game. You don't. 
You don't see rookie quarterbacks do that much. in December Rook- against rivals with playoff chances Rookies, on the line. And I, I mean, people will, will there will be always be Pickett's one of the most polarizing figures in the city already. You hate him. Oh, absolutely. No I mean, he's in, again, been that just like guy. Like the Steelers season, there's no in between with. Kenny he's Pickett. been that guy, the most polarizing Pittsburgh athlete. Since what April of 2021 since or April of 2022? Since yeah, when he, he got drafted, when he got drafted, it was love hate. There was no middle ground. There was no really. And you could say it's even a little bit before that because when Ben Roethlisberger retired and the conversation began, oh my God, are the Steelers going to use a draft pick on Kenny? So you could say even before the draft happened. Yeah, it was. It would have been a polarizing figure no matter who the quarterback was that came in after Ben. The fact that mm-hmm. it's hometown, not hometown kid because he's from New Jersey, but hometown but a, by proxy, by, a familiar by face, being yeah. from the University of Pittsburgh and being next door to you in the facility for five, six years, however long he was at Pitt. Yeah, it became that much extra as far as polarizing was concerned. But, you know, people will always tell you, the haters will always say, mm-hmm. yeah, it took him a game-winning drive to beat the Broken Ravens. Tyler Huntley and Anthony Brown kept him around in that game. Didn't the Ravens almost, almost just beat the Cincinnati if Bengals that guy, in if, Cincinnati? If the guy in the back of the end zone has one extra step, he catches that football and that game goes to overtime, does it not? Yes, but also more importantly, don't fumble on the one. <laughs> oh, that was. Right, I, mean, I mean, that. I mean, it's a fourteen-point swing right there. Najee so. Harris is kind of. They were gonna, having a sigh of relief because he's now saying, okay, nobody's going to remember my fumble like that on the one-yard line because Tyler Huntley just did it in a playoff game and it went back for a touchdown. And. We'll get to that game in depth later when we do, you know, our episodes breaking down the the wild card weekend. But they were gonna win that game if Baltimore? they would have scored there. Yes, I bet you because we've seen it before. I bet you Harbaugh goes for two there. Yes, they were going to win that football game. And I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll win. They were gonna win. I I mean, like a two point conversion. That's that's it's a lot. But the point being. Is they were competitive. And he did it in against Cincinnati. that Ravens defense yeah, that right. was still healthy, still had Roquan Smith on the field. Uh, I think Peters was out, so maybe we'll give him a little bit of a ding there. But, like, but Marcus Williams was playing. Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams. They yeah. were all in. Like they, It was a phenomenal. Marcus Williams was back in that game, I mm-hmm. remember. It was or Week 14 was the game when Williams came back against the Steelers, and then he was there for Week 17. Like, it was a good defense, a great defense that he had to do that against. And again, I know you'll have people that say like, "Well, Lamar or Lamar Jackson wasn't in. Tyler Huntley was the quarterback." Quarterbacks don't play other quarterbacks. Like that's why right. it's I not saw people Kenny on Twitter Pickett last night being Lamar. like, "Can't believe Joe Burrow's getting taken to the woodshed by Tyler Huntley." Joe Burrow's getting taken to the woodshed by Roquan Smith mm-hmm. in that Ravens Patrick defense. Queen in that secondary, yeah, right? Not the quarterback. So I don't buy any of that garbage. All oh, the Ravens were a broken team. They were a very good team despite being broken, and they showed that last night in the wild card round. So the credit that Kenny deserves to be in Baltimore against that defense that hadn't given up, what was it, 15 straight quarters at home without giving up a touchdown drive to that point, and he goes 80-plus yards to pay dirt to win the football Mm -hmm. game, you don't see that out of rookies too often. Had a top three run defense and and orchestrated well enough with his running backs, his – his multiple running backs, right? I mean, he orchestrated. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a play caller, obviously, that's in his head, but he's leading the offense. He's on the field. Now, the Haas is up front. I'm cheating here. I said there would be two guys from each side. There's really six guys uh, from the offensive side, but I'm grouping all five of the offensive linemen in as one. That's fair. They were, beside from Pickett, I think, the most improved unit on the field this year, and I think the biggest surprise of the year because – 
we all had expectations heading into 2022 that the O-line was going to be the undoing. Yeah, they'd be mm -hmm. able to, if if they can run the ball well and and you know keep defenses off balance to protect their young quarterbacks, then they'll be fine, but the offensive line just won't allow them to do that. Well, every week the offensive line got better and better to the point where they were road grading teams. I mean, that number three overall rush defense from the Ravens was getting bullied by mm -hmm. the Steelers in week 17 in that front. So that unit got so much better, and there's so much optimism for it now. But it's also the one area or one of several areas this offseason that I am petrified of because although it improved a lot – and although you have five players that deserve to play in NFL games every Sunday there, they need to realize they need one more guy. They yeah. need one more stud. If they can get an all-pro caliber guy to kind of bring it all together, to be that alpha, to be that fanica, to be that pouncy, mm. then I think you're really cooking with gas. Yes, it's a... It's an average offensive line right now. Sure. And I think that makes people so excited because it was supposed to be so far below Well, you, you go from 32 to like, to like 17, 15, that's yeah. a huge jump. But if they want to get to 10, if they want to get mm -hmm. to 5, they need a dude. Well, yeah. An all-pro caliber player. So I, I'm worried that there's a little bit of, oh, well, they got so much better this year. Maybe, ne maybe next year they get even better. Maybe the alpha is here. He just hasn't realized it yet. I don't like risking that. Because Go then, get because the alpha, then, and then maybe someone else there becomes an alpha again. Then all of a sudden you got two. What's wrong right. with two alphas? Because if you stay complacent, you don't add, right? You don't build upon. Something happens, right? I mean, we we brought up the stat where the Steelers' offensive line played 99.2% of their snaps together this year. That number was obviously probably the high mark this season. It may be the highest mark ever in NFL history. You just don't see guys play an entire season like that all together uh when you have five guys in the mix so if you say yeah, if you say complacent you don't add, any, add anyone you're gonna risk injury you're you're gonna face an injury probably next year so you lose a guy and you have to bring in a guy from on your who's already on your team to fill that hole and then it just cascades into into more like what if there's two injuries and then you're still dealing with your backups backup rather than bringing in a stud or drafting a stud in the first round or with anywhere within those first two picks between 17 and 32. I mean, you have that opportunity to really add. If you say complacent, you're basically saying, well, we're OK with where we are and we're going to accept the fact if we move back a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know if they'd accept the fact that they, they just would assume that they're all going to continue to move forward and become great offensive linemen, and maybe a couple of them do. You know, maybe James Daniels does hit that ne even next level because that's your alpha right now, and he's just not alpha enough. So that's the one of the bigger nightmares I have or one of the things I'm nervous about heading into the offseason is complacency because they think they're better than they are at the offensive line spot, or maybe mm -hmm. that's not a good way to put it they think that there's going to be even more improvement from the offensive line. That average is going to become that great can just, just become, with those five guys. And without doing anything to help it. Just just by giving them more playing time. Mm -hmm. Just by giving them more Which is like, how could they get, how could they they get more playing time? They can't. The only thing that they'll get improved upon is experience and offseason ahead of them to train as a starter. But, again, that's if they could bring in that stud left tackle, mm -hmm. it, it, would put every, it would put a really nice bow on that offensive line and and now you've all of a sudden would, if, if you get that stud with a, a high ceiling in the draft this year, 
Then all of a sudden, two years ago, your offensive line was in shambles. People mm-hmm. retired like DeCastro and Pouncey. You didn't really expect it. Fast forward two years, you've got the potential to have one of the best offensive lines in football once mm-hmm. that rookie gets to sp- up to speed and then the rest of the guys continue to develop around him. So sneaky, 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 sneaky but it's sneaky. starting to kind of look like it's trending towards the strength of this team again, which I know that it didn't bear any Super Bowl fruits, but mm-hmm. those runs from you know, 2013, 2014, 15, 16, the offensive line was such a driving force for all of that. They were, they were one of the best in football. Yeah, and... There's two sides of that, right? Either you have that a great offensive line that can really allow your offense to do whatever it wants, right? Whether it's pass protection, run protection, you can do whatever you want on offense if you have that great offensive line. Or it's the opposite, right? Where Ben Roethlisberger took the worst offensive line in football in 2008, but because he was a future Hall of Famer and entering the prime of his career, the early stage of, of the prime, the early part of the prime of his career, he was able to play so well and win despite that offensive line. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm ready to call after his rookie year that Kenny Pickett will never make the Hall of Fame, but he's in his second year right now and there's still a lot more for more room for him to grow. He's not going to be able to win despite a bottom 10 offensive line. You're going to have to help him in order to help the team. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. On the defensive side of the ball, this guy was let go, really, by the Steelers. Not let go, but was, was told allowed to that, go out, mm-hmm. explore free agency, mm-hmm. didn't find a deal that was lucrative for him, comes back on a very team-friendly deal for the Steelers, kind of another you know prove-it year for him, and I think he played his best year of his career. Do you know who I'm going to say? It's It's got to be Terrell Edmonds. It's Terrell Edmonds, and... Now this is a guy that we did this show this time last year. Uh, it'd be really nice if you could go out there and get somebody better than Edmonds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Edmonds is always on the field, and you know his his availability is a really good ability. But I'd like to see a, a player, you know, you know, with a little bit of a, a higher ceiling as far as play is concerned. He became that guy. Yeah, he became the guy that we were talking about right. all last offseason. That you wanted to add to this team. Now you got to pay him though this offseason, right? And I think they're going to. And, and it's not going to be, like, the steepest price in the world. No, it's still not going to be astronomical. It'll be more expensive than it would have been, for mm-hmm. sure. There will always be the hindsight warriors that will go back and be like, if you would have just signed him to a three-year deal last year, he would have been locked up on the You'd cheap. save some money, right. But all those people who are saying that would never, ever, ever <laughs> admit to them actually believing that back then. They wanted Edmonds gone. Those type of people. I, I guarantee mm-hmm. it. So... You got to bring him back. I think. I think you got to bring back the trio of safeties. You got to get KZ and Edmonds back in the fold. Um, they all played so well together in such a limited time together this year because of the injury to KZ and the suspension to KZ, and then Minka got hurt in a game, so KZ had to play the Minka role. Like, give them a full off season together, knowing that they're under contract. You know, work as a trio, a full training camp together. 
get a little bit more creative with Austin and Flores if he's mm-hmm. still here. Who knows if he'll still be here though? Uh, yeah, it's hard to say what the coach. He probably staff won't will be. be. Yeah, uh, but Austin will be. You know, get really creative with the way that you utilize those guys. Maybe send Minka on some. We saw Minka come on some blitzes a couple of times right. this year. Not right. as much as I wanted though. Maybe if KZ's fully healthy, Edmonds is there and for a full KZ's training camp. Playing from the start of right, you exactly. put you put those kind of get plays in your playbook. Edmonds and KZ open up a ton for you, but Edmonds becoming the player, or at least closer to the first round pick player that we all were hoping he would be, was such a shot in the arm for the Steelers secondary this year, and something that I I need to see back next year and for years to come. I, He's won me over. I, I got to tell you that. No, he, I he's don't, won me over. Every season And, he, of and his... again, he missed, what, one game this year, I mm-hmm. think, with injury. So, again, he is always healthy. He's always out there for you. Every se- We've said every season of his career, he's taken a step forward, but it it was small steps. It wasn't a huge leap. And now we're kind of seeing a result of a bunch of small steps and now that big leap. And you combine all of that from – where he started as a rookie to where he finished now at the end of the 2022-2023 season, he's someone that is going to be a reason that the Steelers' defense is respected because he's not going to be a star like Mika Fitzpatrick, but you're gonna people will look at the Steelers' defense and say, oh my gosh, they have so much talent. They have the guys who are the, the all-pro or the pro bowlers and Minka and and cam and tj but they also have such great pieces behind him in the secondary like terrell Edmonds. he actually missed two games this year so wow wow seriously terrell come on man <laughs> you missed what one game in your entire career before this season that's right one game in his entire career he played 16 games his rookie year played 16 his sophomore year played 15 his third year then their schedule bumped up to 17 games he played all 17 of them but he only played 15 games this year. Only. He only, only played, played 15, 15 games this year. That you know, the really thing with, rubs you the wrong way, The thing it? with him, too, is like people wanted your first-round safety. You want a playmaker. You and wanted a Sauce Garner. You want not a Sauce Garner because he's a corner. But, but you wanted a guy. That, you, wanted that a shut down, you wanted, you wanted a that shutdown guy in the secondary. And now Minka comes in and he's the playmaker. You still want Edmonds to make the play. But now KZ comes in, so now Edmonds is the third playmaker. Mm-hmm. Edmonds is just free to do his thing, to to be a hard-hitting safety, uh, a safety valve in every sense of the word, and a, a good tackler, So, which is something he's really improved upon in mm-hmm. his career. So, And he had two sacks this year, a career high in that category, uh, three tackles for loss as well. So really high on Edmonds. And then the other guy on defense that was so improved and you know really to the point where it's not just an improvement. It's a total breakout was Alex Highsmith. Oh, I mean, well, when we did our Steely Awards, he was all over the place in those 14-and-a-half sacks, five-and-a-half talk- forced fumbles. We talked about Kenny being the front and center of guys you, that come to mind when you're talking about improvement, but there's no doubt, there's no question that the most improved player this year was Alex Highsmith. He took a giant leap from uh, Robin to Nightwing to a legitimate pass rusher in this league and not mm-hmm. just the number two next to T.J. Watt. So uh, kudos to 56. Future's incredibly bright for him. And from an individual standpoint, timing couldn't have been better, my man, as far as picking up a career high year in your third season because that contract is going to be up after next mm-hmm. year. So well done timing-wise, sir, as far as getting yourself paid. Right. Getting your, you're gonna you get don't have to worry now. about the Terrell Evans thing where you're showing signs of improvement here nope. and there. But Steelers want you, and... 
again, if they somehow let you get to free agency, it will not be a Terrell Edmonds thing where you will not find a home. You will be snatched up very early in free agency. Uh, two guys I just wanted to talk about real quick that improved. Connor Hayward on offense. Yeah. Started seeing him more kind and more towards flashes, the end of the year. Yeah, I liked it. I like that. I like that Swiss Army knife kind of player. And Mark Robinson on defense. Yeah. I mean, it's clear Mark Robinson is going to have a place on this roster moving forward he just is. because the guys ahead of him probably won't be. Devin Bush effectively benched against the Ravens and the Browns in the last two weeks of the seasons. And Marcus mm-hmm. Robinson, or Mark Robinson didn't play, you know, all the snaps, but right. seven snaps here. He played eight a lot snaps of snaps there. for a seventh round rookie. Yeah. And, and who knows? Maybe he can become like a Vince Williams for you. Just yeah. like a, a speeding bullet from hell blitz kind of guy. A guy that works in your, in your scheme. It really helps you out as a depth piece. You can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime, anywhere through your smart speaker. Just say, Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio from my heart, and Alexa will take care of the rest. Super wild card weekend, mostly in the books. We got one more game tonight, but we'll spend the next couple episodes recapping what was some incredible football starting on Saturday afternoon and ending on Sunday night last night. That's all on the way next. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opperman, and this is the Steelers Standard. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.